Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <sighs> All right. What's up, YouTube? Minister Derek Hallett of Sound the Trumpet Ministries. SoundTheTrumpetMinistries.com. And today I want to do a teaching called Beware of the Strange Woman. I want to do a teaching called Beware of the Strange Woman. Now, I know many of you might have read the Bible and you might have come over this term or you might have had some understanding as to what this is. But, you know, I'm learning so much about this woman. I'm learning so much about her. Hey, hey, Alicia, hope all is well. I'm learning more and more every time we go over this subject concerning the strange woman that She's not just a woman or a woman spirit. Hey, Brother Sal and Sister Sarah, but she's also a principality and a power. And, you know, if people want to identify this woman, you can't just identify her like that. Hey, Sister Naima and Sister Tatiana, you can't just call her someone that, you know, is just an enemy of the church, just an enemy of God. You know, she's really an enemy of mankind. And, you know, I want to direct our attention to Eve and how when Eve was in this earth, that she was called Eve because she was supposed to be the mother of all living. But this strange woman that we're gonna cover tonight has nothing to do with life itself. It has everything to do with death. She has become a womb of death and she is all throughout the world. She's everywhere you go. Every time you turn on the TV, you know, every time, you know, you you even want to do things concerning the Lord. Every time we pray to the Lord to check ourselves out, to see what's in us and what's around us and, you know, all these things, it's almost like she's everywhere and she's nowhere. But, you know, we've got to make sure that when we do battle with this thing, as we talk about this strange woman, we're going to really get some understanding, I mean, about what she does, you know, how she lives, what she thinks. And also we gotta make sure that this thing is not in us because I believe for the most part, she is the spirit that turns a man into a woman and turns a woman into a man. You know, not just to look at the strange woman itself in a physical sense as some woman that's running around sleeping with men and, and you know, doing worldly things. She's not even the Jezebel spirit. She's deeper than that. She's more than that. So what we gotta pay attention to is that a strange woman is anything that is not like God, anything contrary to God or Jesus Christ, our Lord. She's strange. You know why? Because she's foreign. She's not what God made. She is a, what you would call not a manifestation. She's kind of like some type of, uh, I forgot how they the word that they use for diseases when diseases come about, you know, like when they... Um, Oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh man, it's gonna, it just went right by me. But anyway, you know, we're gonna be talking about the strange woman tonight. It's not manifestation, it's something negative. 
It's like morphing almost into a, a mutation. Thank you, brother Seth. I'm glad he got it because my mind was off somewhere else. But she's like a mutation of what God had originally made. You know, so this is what we're going to be looking at tonight, the strange woman. Let's look up the definition of strange woman because I want us to really see this. That's why it's good we can rely on our brothers and sisters in Christ because, man, I don't know why I was so dumbfounded on that one. But all right, so let's look up the definition of strange, guys. Alien invader, right? So anyway, strange definition. This is the Hebrew and Greek. And the first word for strange, okay, is the word uh, nokri or nokri. And it means alien or foreign. Foreigner, a foreign woman, a harlot, unknown and unfamiliar. This is the second definition in the Hebrew. And that word for the first is H5237. That word for the second is uh, H2114. And that word is Zor. And that word is to be strange, be a stranger, to become estranged. So that means you can be a part of it, but then become distant. And then it is a strange, uh, another stranger, foreigner, an enemy, loathsome, strange woman, prostitute, harlot, to be a stranger, be one alienated. Okay, so this is what we're looking at. And this is the Greek version, okay? The word is keteros, and this word is G2087. And that word is the other or another another or to number, to number as opposed to some former person or thing or, or um, the other of two, uh, to quality. Another one, not of the same nature, form, class, kind, or different. So notice when you look at this here, it's not just a harlot and it's not just an alien. He's talking about the fact that, and when it comes to quality, it is of another, a not the same nature, not another form or not the same form or same class. This thing is different. So this is what we're gonna be discussing and this is what we're gonna be talking about. Hey, Brother Frederick, uh, let's see who else is on. Brother Ronnie, Sister Tatiana, and Brother Mark, and Brother Derek so, uh, Lamar. So this is what we're gonna be looking at and this is what we're gonna be talking about the strange woman. And as you're going to see, she has many manifestations. There are many ways that she attacks. There are ways that she comes and deals with us. And you and I have to know what these things are and be set free from them. So let's pray because I don't want to waste a lot of time. I got a lot to cover tonight and we want to get this done with. I don't want this to turn out to be a really long teaching. I want it to be very direct, right to the point so that we may truly see where we are. Hey, Sister Tara, hope all is well. So hopefully for people that are starting out in this that have never heard of this term, I'm hoping that I didn't confuse them more. I promise we're gonna get into it and we're gonna gain more understanding. And I just wanna thank you for those who prayed for my neck because the pain in my neck was so bad that it was like, man, I couldn't turn to the right or to the left. I was like a robot, you know, like I was turning around like, I mean, it was so bad. So while I was sleeping last night, the Lord told me to just put my neck up like this and lay it on the pillow. 
So when I laid it on the pillow, you know, and I stayed there for a little bit, I'm like, man, this thing hurts. Like, Lord, you sure this is you telling me to, you know, to do this? So I laid there for about an hour and a half, you know, my neck was killing me. But when I got up, it was like I could feel the side of my neck pop right into place. And then I, I lost the pain to turn this way, but I still have it somewhat on this end. So, you know, God knows what he's doing. So I'm hoping to hear more and, you know, listen to what he has to tell me. And I'm praying that he teaches this lesson tonight because I don't want to rely on my wisdom, but only on his. So let's pray and let's get right into this lesson. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for another day not promised to us. And we just ask, Lord God, that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and our transgressions and those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time that you've given me with my brothers and sisters, that we have yet another day to be partakers of your word, to be edified by your spirit, that we may choose life and not death. And we just pray, Lord God, tonight that no man's flesh be heard, that no strange doctrine be brought across, that nothing that has anything to do with itself, Lord, and not of you be brought to be presented, Lord. But we pray for the comforter. We pray for the Holy Ghost. We pray for he that is meant to bring us into all truth and righteousness. We pray, Lord God, tonight that you speak, that you say what needs to be said, that no words be uttered, no man's heart, no man's wisdom, nothing that man can bring to the table will be presented today, but only the clarity, Lord, of your spirit and the life that brings peace and understanding, Lord, govern this teaching. And we just pray in Jesus' name that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, and hatred, all spirits of fear, doubt, and unbelief. We pray in Jesus' name that you bind the devil, that you keep him at bay, that you cast him out like the dog that he is, that your people may have the victory in you this day. For you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are faithful, just, and true and worthy of all praises. We pray, Lord, tonight that you have your way. Let all distractions be ceased and cast down. Do it, Lord, for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, guys, so let's get right into this lesson as we talk about the strange woman. There are two of these women that are strange. One of them is physical and the other is spiritual, but we're gonna find that this strange woman is not really a man or woman itself, it's a spirit. And it's involved in all society, all walks of life. There are many things, guys, that this strange woman is a part of. In many cases, we find ourselves a part of. Yeah, Jezebel's spirit may be part of the issue, you know, that, you know, can be in a man and a woman, but we're gonna see that it's much more than this because anything that is not like God is strange. Anything that God didn't tell you and I to give is strange. Any belief system or anything that we have that goes contrary to the word of God is strange. It's foreign. And if God's word and God's ways and his wisdom and his life brings life, then we know that anything that is opposite of God brings death. 
there are two types of women because I know a lot of people are wondering, am I going to just be hitting on women tonight and seductive women and all that? Yeah, you know, on and off. But we've got more to face concerning this situation than just what women do and how the devil uses them. We're going to be looking at how the devil even uses men and also is a world system that many of us have fallen in love with and we still love and we still desire. You know, Pastor Price said something really key uh, this past Sunday, but he mentioned that, you know, people during this time that everything is thrown down, that people are going crazy, you know, having cabin fever, doing this, doing that, running all over the place. And, you know, they can't really imagine that if this thing is going to end, it's just going to be me having to give my life to Jesus. Because some people are so far into Jesus and they want nothing to do with him. And they've lived without him for so long that they're just feeling like, you know, Jesus is a prison. I'm so used to living my life. And you know what? When we are that way, that's the strange woman. That's the strange spirit that believes that he can live his life contrary to God, don't have to obey him, just be a renegade, just be a rebel, just live by your own feelings and your own lust and own rules. And you see, that's what this thing is birthed in. And if we are gonna be men and women of God and we're gonna identify this thing and defeat it, we must know that living in Jesus Christ is the right way. It is the only way. You know, so um, I think Sister Tara said hi to Brother Cord and Brother Randy. Welcome, and Sister Ayana. So let's get in, guys. Let's get right in. I want to look at a couple of things that we can look at that the Bible considers strange, because if she's a strange woman, then she bears fruit, then she brings forth things that are not of God. So we're going to run into a few scriptures before we go further into it, because a lot of people may say, Thank God he took away that Jezebel spirit. You know, thank God he took away this or he took away that. But you're going to find, guys, it's much more. This thing is not just a physical, or not just a spiritual thing or, or it's a physical problem. It is much more than that. When you look at the fact that, you know, um, well, let me just get right in because I don't want to over explain and then run out of time. But anyway, one of the things that this, you know, uh, this spirit, this strange woman spirit uh, does is she gives strange offerings, okay? She gives things that are not of God. And if you and I are gonna be right with the Lord, we must obey because there are a lot of things that we feel changed in God, but we're still giving God things that are not of him. So I wanna address this first. We're gonna go over six things that God gave me, okay, in prayer. One of them is strange offerings, the other is strange flesh. The other is strange wisdom. The fourth is strange lands. And uh, five is strange doctrine. And six are strange gods. So these are things, and there's probably much more, but this is what the Lord gave me in prayer that we've got to pay attention to and make sure that we're detached from. Because if we're not, we're going to find ourselves being more in line with this spirit than we can possibly imagine. Some people may say, I don't fornicate anymore. I don't try and dominate men as a woman anymore. I'm not a man trying to be a woman anymore. You see, I'm not masturbating. I'm not doing this and that. So people think the spirit is gone. But we've got a whole nother area to conquer. 
And that really is, you know, escaping the world outside of the system, you know, going as deep as we can get. And without our resistance, letting the Holy Ghost clean us up from the inside out. And that's why David said, search me, O Lord, search me and see if there be any wicked thing in me. You know, he also says in Psalm 19 about secret faults and presumptuous sins, being set free from these things. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, how many of us can be real enough to say that we can say all the right things in church and then get out of church and have bad thoughts towards somebody or something, getting cut off in traffic or doing whatever? We're going to cover that part tomorrow as we get into the hypocrite spirit. But what we're looking at today is we must be on one accord with the Lord. We must, we must allow ourselves to be searched out and have the Lord remove these things. So the first thing we're gonna be looking at guys is strange offerings. I promise we're gonna get into the strange woman, but let's look at the strange offerings right now. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 10 and let's look at verse one, because you see anything that is strange comes from this woman. Anything that is strange comes from the devil. The things that the devil brings and the things that the devil does are strange. When Adam and Eve came before the devil or he came before them, they were like God. But by the time he fed them on his filth, they became strange. And what happened with them? They brought forth fruit that were not after God. And this is what you and I have got to be aware of because the devil is very subtle and he approaches in many different ways. So look at Leviticus 10, guys, and look at verse one. It, it makes clear here, it says that Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Now, strange fire, guys, is a strange offering. We did a teaching about this about maybe four years ago. But you see, there are many things that we want to give God that are not of God. So they offered him strange fire. Look at this. And it says, and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before all the people, I will be glorified and Aaron held his peace. So Aaron's two sons were struck dead right on the spot and they were killed because they offered the Lord strange fire, strange offerings. If we're gonna come right, like Jesus told us in Matthew, I mean, not Matthew, John 4 and 24, that God is a spirit and those who worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. And that means if we're going to draw nigh to the Lord, then we need to come correct. Stop giving God all these pagan things that you think he wants and get to know the Lord and hear from heaven. This is important, guys, because you see, if we're going to draw nigh to God, God is only going to allow those things that he asked us for. A lot of people are trying to give God the sacred annual feast and all this stuff. You know something? If I put my trust in Jesus Christ and his spirit is living in me, then the best offering I can give God is myself. 
you know, Romans 12, one and two. Now we beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What does God want? He wants a body that he can live in and he can flow through. This is important because you got people building mantle pieces in their homes with fake pictures of Jesus and holidays and things they come up with on their own and somehow they're gonna dedicate this to Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, if your spirit is not right before the Lord and you offer the Lord strange fire, all that shows is that you've got idolatry in your heart. You've got things that you wanna give God that he never asked and it's good enough for you because the idolater lives with it. One thing we're gonna know about this strange woman is she is an idolater, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. And if she lives inside of you, you're going to give God things that he never asked for. We're gonna do things contrary to his will. So I just wanted to bring that point forward. I'm not going into the holidays. You guys have listened to enough of the teachings that I've done to know what those things are. That's a waste of time. That's like attacking a straw man. We just gotta focus on what God calls us to do. So the first thing on that list, he gave me six, is strange fire, strange offerings, has everything to do with the harlot, and you guys are gonna see this play out. So let's look at the second one. Let's go to Jude chapter one, Jude chapter one. <clears throat> All right, Jude 1, where do I want to start? Let's go to uh, Genesis, uh, let's go to Jude 1 and 6, okay, Jude 1 and 6, you, and it says here, and the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, until the judgment of the great day. Now you guys know what went on here, that the angels of the Lord came down into the earth and they began to mate with earth women. And what did they do? They produced giants and all sorts of things. He says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. When you look at that word for fornication, that word is, Ekpornio, uh, and it means to go a whoring or give oneself over to fornication. Okay, but it says here, and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, what we're looking at here is in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, not just the angels, and in the days of uh, Noah. We're dealing with the people, but in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, you had a strange appetite that was going on. There was something strange that happened to man, and he began to go after strange flesh. Now, a lot of people try and incorporate that with lot um, with the with the people of Sodom and Gomorrah trying to sleep with the angels, but there was much more going on than that. There was perversion. The very fact that these men were already perverse and already gone after strange flesh, which is, you know, going after men going after men and women going after women, 
homosexuality that they even became as perverse to try and go and sleep with these two angels or sodomize them because of the fact that the angels were coming in to find out what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah and to tell God so that God can destroy the city. Okay, but you see strange flesh is also an issue for people today. And this is where this, this strange woman spirit comes in. If it says that it means to be strange or strange flesh to be or fornication like a harlot, then the thing is, is a harlot will sleep with anything. All you've got to do is name your price. So when you look at this, guys, you're right, Brother Sal, even bestiality is a part of strange flesh, even homosexuality, anything that you can look at, sodomy, all these things are perversions that come in because of the spirit of the strange woman. What does God say? God says, I gave you male and female. The two should come together and be as they are, but look at the spirit that is around the world today. I'm gonna do what is right in my own sight, having everything to do with the strange woman. The strange woman will give you a strange appetite and you will go after strange flesh, okay? I, I don't wanna stay on this, I wanna uh, move on. Hey, Sister Julia, but let me make another point. Let's look at strange wisdom. I promise, guys, this is all gonna come together. But look at strange wisdom. I want to go to 1 Corinthians, okay, chapter 2. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Okay, and I wanna look at, let's look at verse four. First Corinthians chapter two, look at verse four. He says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He says, how be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Now you see here, he's making clear that there are two different kinds of wisdom. And this is what we're gonna be talking about also tonight. We're gonna get into the whole thing concerning men and women, but we must first understand what he's talking about. He said, we speak the wisdom of God to those who are mature, to those whose minds have been transformed, that they are able to receive it. For those who have the mind of Christ that can take the words of God and put them into action. But he says, they do not speak the wisdom of this world. Okay, that's the word. So there's two different wisdoms. And it says, nor the princes of this world that come to know it. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained for the world or before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So when you think about in this world, guys, there's a particular worldly wisdom that encourages everybody that indulges in this world and are partakers of this world's wisdom to do what? To become antichrist 
to hate Jesus, to persecute Christians, to move the word of God off of TV, off the radio, even out of the pulpit. This is what we're talking about, strange wisdom. When you start to see things creep in the pulpit, they got nothing to do with God. When they teach you about evolution, when they tell you about, you know, be the best that you can be in this world, love yourself more than anything else. All these things, guys, have to do with worldly wisdom, and these things govern that principality, which has everything to do with the strange woman. But look at what he says in verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. So we know that it's not the spirit of God that governs this world. This is the strange wisdom that comes from this harlot. And this is why, guys, I have talked so much about us being set free from the world and its system, because we might have let go of the strange offerings that you know we, we just read earlier in the strange flesh that some of us may have been a part of, but we haven't yet let go of the strange wisdom. We still think worldly. We still go after worldly things. We still feel accomplished when we do worldly things that are against God in this world, okay? But look at this. Um, verse 13, he says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So the world wants to teach you one way, but God wants to teach you another way. We're going to be looking at two different women, and we're going to be looking at two different types of wisdom. So there is one wisdom of the world that makes you an enemy of God, that turns you against the people of God. And then you've got the other woman that we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. But it says, he that is spiritual, or no, verse 14, he says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So when you look at this, guys, you look at the word natural, that is G5591, and it says, of or belongeth to breath. That word is sukekos, the same word we get for sensual. And it says, having the nature and characteristics of the breath, the principle of animal life, which men have in common with the brutes governed by breath, the sensuous nature uh, with the subjection of appetite and passion. So we know that these things rule the world. This is why no one wants to hear any truth. No one wants to give their lives to Jesus. People are today like, if it feels good, then do it. And that's what a strange woman and a harlot is all about. You know, there's something very alluring about a harlot. It really is. I remember one time seeing, or my sister was telling a story, but I remember in our old neighborhood in Brooklyn, there's certain areas by 
where like trucking areas were. We used to go down to an arcade when we were kids. And when we used to walk by that, that was pretty much like Hookersville. Like you would see hookers everywhere. And some of them, we used to say to ourselves, I can't believe for the life of me that somebody is gonna pay for this. But you see, there is a certain type of aura that a harlot has, that a lot of women even have today. You can be a man in the workplace or walking the streets or whatever, that's not even thinking about anything like that, lust or anything. But you could have a woman pass you by that's got that spirit and she may be nice, she may be friendly, but there's something radiating off of her that becomes alluring. I'm not trying to get any brothers in trouble tonight, but I'm just making the point that you can almost feel it. She could look like a, you know, a librarian, but she still has something that emanates off of her, that radiates off of her, that, that is alluring. So you see, I think what's alluring most about a harlot and why a lot of people cling to this world and why a lot of people are even, you know, drawn to this and not to Christ has everything to do with this whorish spirit. You know, one thing about a whore, you know this, if you've got a wife, she might be dignified, she might be dignified and there's certain things she's just not gonna do. You know, there's things that she'll be, nah, you, we ain't doing that, so you can forget it. You can beg all day or whatever, nah, I ain't doing that nasty stuff. You can stop it right here. But you see, a whore has this, this mentality about her, hey man, anything goes. If you pay for it and you meet the conditions, you can have it. Hey, baby, I'm here. Do what you need to do as long as you put that money in my purse. You see, and I think it's that, that wild spirit that calls out to man, that wild spirit that is in the world, that wild spirit that is in false religion that doesn't want to obey God. It wants to do whatever its imagination will lead it to do. I know some of y'all may think I'm crazy right now, but you got to understand where I'm coming from. Because you see, if you're going to follow God and you're going to be a bride and you're going to be righteous, there's certain rules, man. There's certain types of things that God has in order for us to be there. But if you want to be wild and carefree, that's the way of the harlot. So while we're sitting here talking about the natural man, he's only governed by his five senses and whatever floods into them he is going to go after. But when it comes to God, he calls for us to have his spirit. He tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are the ways of God above our ways. What does he do with us? He tells you and I, come up higher. Man, stop looking like you're looking and go get a napkin and go get a knife and fork and come and sit at my table. Take your elbows off the table. We're going to be clean. We're, I'm going to teach you the right way so that you can be. But you see, a harlot, man, if you pay for it or you meet the conditions, you can have it. And this is what we're looking at, guys. This is what we're dealing with. This is why people flock to the world. The world's a bunch of lies. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of entertainment. It's a lot of foolishness and things that can destroy you but it doesn't give you the life that comes from God. Now, I want to give you guys an example of this. If you look at Genesis chapter three, the Bible made clear that God says, Adam and Eve, hey, you can eat from the tree of life, 
and you can eat from all the trees in the garden, but that tree of knowledge of good and evil, you don't touch. Stay away from. But you see, the very fact that the devil told the man, you will be as gods, knowing good and evil, he painted lies into their minds. They believed that they could live their own way and become their own creators. And that's what they did. They went after the strange doctrine, the strange, you know, uh, fruit that led them unto becoming strange beings where it would take the life of Jesus Christ to turn man back over. This is what we're dealing with, man. And I know some people may be, nah, but I want to hear about, you know, like evil women. Yeah, we're going to get there, but you got to understand it's not just evil women. It's evil men too. You know, this thing is a murderer. This thing is a corrupter. This thing is in your church trying to preach in your pulpit. This thing is probably in your bed as your wife or husband. This thing may be the little girl that you're raising up as your child that's been feeding on the world. This thing is everywhere you look, everywhere you go. If it's not about Jesus, then it's about this stinking harlot. We've got to understand where we are, why Jesus Christ talks about the narrow way, why Jesus talks about those who go through the broad way will be destroyed because in the broad way, you can have 31 million flavors. You can do anything that you like. You can even come up half full and for you, it'll be okay. But with God, he has a way and you and I are gonna have to learn to walk in. And that's the truth of the whole matter. So let's look at this. I've gone over already, strange fire, strange flesh, strange wisdom. Now we're gonna look at um, strange doctrine, okay? Let's go to Romans 16. I promise, guys, we're gonna get there. But this is why we've got to be careful what we allow in the pulpit, what people are telling us, what we think is fun and loving and kind. Don't you realize, guys, all the false prophets have one thing in common? They all speak with that serpent tongue. They all speak soft to you. See, somebody like me would be seen as a baboon or, or a barbarian or some type of ogre. Said, man, look at him, just yelling and screaming, no love whatsoever. But you see, these other guys are, oh, good evening. You know, I just want to tell you guys about God's love and you must understand how much God loves us. And, you know, without his grace, we wouldn't be able to be anybody. And, you know, you can be the way you are and, and do the things that you like, brethren, and, and God loves you. You must understand how much he loves you. See, and a lot of people have fallen for that. A lot of people, and I'm not saying what was just said isn't true, but you got to understand the attacks of the serpent. Whores are in the business, the business of advertisement. Jesus don't advertise. He tells you the truth. I lay before you blessing and cursing. You choose. But you see, whores, they're an advertisement. If I say nice things, then they'll like me. If I accommodate what their needs are, they'll want to hang around. And this has everything to do with the strange woman. We're going to get to her, guys, but I'm bringing forward these points that we can see. This strange woman is not just a strange woman. She's got things about her that lure people in. And before you know it, you're not serving Jesus Christ. You've run off with your feelings. 
right to your own destruction. So anyway, look at Romans uh, 16, look at verse 17. It says, now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. Okay, so when you know what the Bible says and you got people bringing you some strange mess, he says, mark them. If they're causing division, I'm not talking about revelation that still goes in line with the word. But when people are bringing strange doctrine in the midst that are causing division, we must understand and mark those things. He says, and, and cling to those things which we have learned and avoid the false doctrine. He says, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches, likable speeches and kind words, deceive the hearts of the simple, those who don't know any better. This is what we're talking about. You know, you guys ever read about the strange woman and how she flattereth with her lips? It's not just a woman in the workplace or some harlot standing out on the corner. She's in the pulpit. She's in politics. She's in banking. She's in finance. I mean, well, finance is banking. She's all over the world. Okay. It's her job to entice you away from Jesus Christ by any means necessary to draw you unto her. So look at this. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. So what does he want us to do? Cling to the word of God, the proper doctrine that we can have our senses exercised to discern good and evil. Evil does not always look like evil. You know, evil can look like a good thing. Evil can look like, oh, you know, I just, I just want to show my love for everybody, but what do I really want them to do? Follow after me. You see, that's wickedness. Those people are benevolent benefactors. Those people are people that will seduce and do whatever it takes to draw you in. So we can't afford to be led by our senses or how good something looks. Just because something looks good does not mean that it's good for you. Now, come on, man. I'm not going to try and get you to revisit the past, but how many times have you been after a woman, okay, that looked good, man, looked like she'd been working out, had all this stuff, looked good, and you know what you said? Man, I'm going to try and talk to her. And even when you saw the red flags, even when she showed you that she was 100% crazy, you still said, I don't care how crazy she is. I'm going to get some of that. And what happens? You find yourself in a rough situation. Funds are depleted, headache, trying to hold on to it. She might have cheated on you, drove you crazy, all these different things. But all for some stinking sex. You hung with this woman no matter what. And all she's been is disloyal to you. This is what we're talking about. But you see, a lot of people will flock to this because of the fact that they don't have the mind of Christ. They've gone after what looked good, but they didn't go after what was necessarily good for them. And this is how the devil itself is a destroyer. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. You guys are funny. So anyway, um, 
you know, let's go to Joshua 24. I just want to make a quick point, and then we're going to get right into this lesson. Joshua 24, we're going to be looking at strange gods. You guys can look up strange lands in your spare time, you know, in Exodus 2 and, and Exodus 18 and other places in the Bible. We know that Egypt was not the land of God. It was a strange land that Moses was born in and all these different things. And they, they didn't incorporate what God wanted. Egypt is a type of world. This world that we live in is a strange land because once you become born again, you find out real fast, it does not accommodate Jesus Christ. So when we walk through strange lands, we must keep in mind that I've got to do the will of the Lord, obey him, no matter what it costs me, no matter what it takes. Because these next few teachings I got coming up, you know, we're gonna touch on some things, especially tomorrow, about where our hearts are. Are they really serving God? Are they really interested in what God wants? Or are we thinking about self and self-preservation, the things that, that will cause us the least amount of risk? And we gotta we gotta figure this stuff out and, and you know, get into what God wants. So anyway, let's go. Uh, where did I say go? Uh, let's go to Joshua 24. And let's look at verse one, as we talk about strange gods, we're gonna get into the strange woman, but these were the six things that the Lord told me to address. So I'm addressing them. Joshua 24, look at verse one. It says, and Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your father dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. Another word for other gods are strange gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. So notice God took Abraham out of a strange land away from strange gods. And what happened from there? Abraham began to multiply. Look at verse four. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob and Esau. And I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterwards I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. Notice he did not keep them in the strange places. He took them out. And ye came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you. And I gave them into your hand that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam, 
Therefore, he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And ye went over Jordan and came unto Jericho and the men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites and the Parasites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Gergesites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent a hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with the sword, uh, not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land. Notice he brought them into a land for which ye did not labor and cities which ye built not. And ye dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards, which ye planted, uh, not, um, not do ye eat. Like, do you not eat guys? Verse 14, for therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Verse 15 says, and if ye seem, and if, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So a lot of people find, you know, us bringing the proper doctrine and the gospel and the truth about separation from the world to be like Christ, evil. And Joshua was asking the question, okay, all right, fine. If what I have said seems evil to you, then you need to choose which God you will serve. Either he's gonna be the God of the Amorites, the one that led you guys into captivity, that persecuted you, that uses you, or you're gonna serve God who has your best interest at heart. Which is it? And that's what we're gonna be talking about right now, these two different types of women. Because he says, I am the Lord thy God, and my glory I will not give to another. God has got no place in his heart, and I mean in your heart for another God. We've got to love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. And on those two commandments, the Bible tells us to hang all the law and the prophets. It's got to be about the Lord. He's got to be champion of your heart. He's got to be the only one that matters in his will. But if we wanna go with the world, if we wanna go with the harlot, if we wanna go with religion, false religion, and we wanna go with the wickedness of this world, he says, hey, you guys better choose then because one path leads to life and the other leads to death. One tells you the truth, no matter what it looks like because it means to save your soul and the other will lie and entice you or do whatever it takes to bring you unto death. This is the strange woman that we're talking about. She does not play by rules. Her only rule to win the game by any means. And you see a lot of churches like this. You see education like this. You see the government like this. You even find men and women that dwell amongst us in the world are this way. Jesus Christ says, you know, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. 
So if the devil is a liar, he's an enticer, he's a destroyer from the beginning, then the world will be no different, whether we're talking about spiritual things or we're talking about those who were not born again unto Christ. We better understand this is a matter of life and death. And you're going to have to choose, which we're going to talk about right now. Either you're going to walk the ways of the harlot or you're going to walk the ways of Christ. But there is no in between. This is, guys, what we were talking about up until this point, the strange woman. She is not a woman like God, none that God ever made, none that God ever put his words into her mouth. She is a destroyer. She is a mutation. She is the opposite of everything that God stands for. And she will kill anything in sight to remain as she is for her husband or her father, which is the devil. So let's look in. Hey, Sister Tanisha and Brother Stanford, hope all is well. Okay, Sister Sarah says that I was sounding staticky. Does anybody else hear that? Please let me know. All right, look at our, let's look at uh, Proverbs 22, guys. I wanna make a couple of points real quick and then we're gonna dig in. Proverbs 22. Look at Proverbs 22, guys, and look at verse 14. Proverbs 22 and 14, look at what the Bible is warning us about. It says, the mouth of a strange of strange women is a deep pit. Uh, he that is abhorred in, of the Lord shall fall therein. So, you know, when we don't have God's guidance and we're not following the Lord and doing what he says, he says that strange women, they become deep pits. Now, some people could say, is that the woman's body part, the vagina? Can be, yeah. As I talked to the men earlier, when you find yourself dealing with that horrid spirit, it's a difficult thing to unplug yourself without the will of God. But let's just say that these strange women are ways of the world. And you, you can also see that, you know, she's a deep pit. She's a pit so deep that at the end of time, if we don't know Christ, we're not getting out of. We will be there for eternity. So as you can see, it's a spiritual thing, but it can also be a physical thing. But look at what it says. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. He that oppresseth the poor uh, to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto, unto my knowledge. So the Lord is saying, all right, you're going to choose between good and evil. But he makes clear here, hey, bow down your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply them to your heart. This is no time for you and I to fall asleep or have strange affections, things that are not of God that can lure us away. We've got to heed to the instructions of the word of God, not just read the Bible. We must take these things serious because there's one path that leads to death and the other to life. I wanna make another quick example and then we're gonna get dig in deep. So let's look at Proverbs 23. 
Proverbs 23, and let's look at verse 27. Proverbs 23, guys, look at verse 27. It says, for a whore is a deep ditch and a strange woman is a narrow pit. Now, like I said, you find a lot of brothers that fall into this. You find a lot of women that fall into this. Come on, ladies. You probably met some guy in your lifetime that you couldn't stand. He might've been good looking. He did you wrong. He did you dirty. But because he knew how to throw down in the bed, you stuck around with him. Even though he might've closed your eye or beat your butt or cheated on you constantly. But you stayed because of what? His alluring nature. It says for a whore, that could be male or female, is a deep ditch and a strange woman is a narrow pit. A pit so deep that when you fall into it, good luck trying to climb out without Jesus Christ. Now, if you were to incorporate this with the world, guys, it is a deep ditch because there's so many things in this world that entices us, that makes us want to be things that God might not have ever called us to. And when we awaken people to the truth and we tell them about the gospel, about, hey, man, we need to be set free from this. You ever notice how God takes you through a process of deliverance? He never just takes it away from you all at once. Why? Because the pit is narrow that you have fallen into. So he's got to take you up piece by piece till you can understand. For example, if you preach the gospel to someone that doesn't know Christ and you tell them about their need for Jesus and they've been living a sinful life, they might be able to part from that, that sinful life that they were thinking of, but then they just go on and live their lives. And then you tell them, hey man, um, yeah, that job that you work at is wicked too. And, and by the way, sodomy is um, a sin. And you see how little by little, man, it gets narrower and narrower and people are like, man, I wanted to obey God and do this, but now, man, I gotta stop that too. But you see some things people are not ready for, but as God reveals more to us, he begins to go deeper to show you more of what you're caught into for the purpose of what? Setting you free. So when it says a whore is a deep ditch and a strange woman is a narrow pit, the Bible tells us if you join yourself to a harlot, you become one with her. And when you have the nature of a harlot, it's gonna be so tough to get yourself out. If you've got the heart of a harlot, you're gonna love the world no matter what the gospel says. You're gonna still try and find ways around the world other than to give your life to Jesus. As you can see, guys, it's the same thing. But look at this, what she does in verse 28. She also lieth in wait as for a prey and increaseth the transgressors among men. This is true. I had some personal experiences in my life on a physical sense where I have laid down with some women and i tell you what, I didn't get up the same. I got up different. I got up with a new appetite, a new nature, a new desire for sin, imaginations that I had never thought about before. Why? Because I laid down with someone that was full of demons that would have done anything that I could have imagined. And you see, this is the way that the world works too. You get involved in the world, you pick up a worldly mind, a fleshly nature, and then you have difficulty turning towards what is right. This is why we need Jesus Christ in the midst of it all. 
because some people, man, don't even see the wickedness in some education. They don't even see the indoctrination. Why? Because that education told me the way that I live is righteous. So, you know, it made me somebody. It made me who I am. So I'm not going to turn on that thing when the truth of the matter is it might have been meant to take you to a certain point, but it filled your mind with Antichrist. It turned you away from the will of God. Now you've got to relearn or have the mind of Christ and be taught the ways of Christ that you can lay down the wickedness of the world. Same thing. Look at verse 29. Who uh, who who have woe? Uh, who have sorrow? Who have contentions? Who have babbling? Who have wounds without cause? Who have redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color uh, in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. So he's talking about all those who would tarry, who would go after wine. What's wrong with the world? They're drunk of the fornication of the wine of the harlot. They are intoxicated with the mindset that I can be what I want to be, and I don't want to have to answer to God or anyone for anything. That takes time to get free from, to become sober. Because I can tell you guys firsthand, I want nothing in this world. Yeah, I teach in the education system and do all these things, but let me tell you something. I've seen the wickedness of this world. What I would rather see is God get rid of this thing in the return of Jesus Christ. I don't want this world, guys. You know, would there be things I would like to do here? If it's in God's will, then yes. But outside of that, man, a lot of us are walking around drunk. You guys remember the Matrix teaching that I did last week? And there's this one scene of when he says, Neo, the Matrix is a system. You see doctors, lawyers, politicians, police officers, the very minds that we are trying to unplug and trying to save. And he said some of them are so hopelessly dependent on the system. He said that, you know, they will fight to defend it. What was wrong with those people? They were drunk. And while Morpheus was telling Neo that, there's a woman in a red dress walking by, which was the whore of Babylon. And what was Neo doing? Looking at her. And Morpheus says, are you listening to me, Neo? Or are you looking at the woman in the red dress? So what did Neo have to do? Oh, uh, he said, look again. And what did Neo do? Turn around and look at the harlot. And what did he find out? That the harlot was a cold-blooded killer. She had a gun to his head like that. And he said, freeze it. And what did, what did Neo do? Duck down. You see, what he was being shown is what this world truly is. And if we don't have the life of Christ inside of us, if we're not seeking to be one with Jesus Christ, guys, we're gonna be in bed with our harlot that cares nothing about us, that only has one purpose in mind, and that is to destroy you. That is to give you something by the time, you know, judgment day comes, you'll find out you're still attached to her. We've got to be set free, not just in our minds, but in our hearts, the way that we walk, the works that we do, that we can be one with Jesus and separated from this killer, which is the strange woman. So look at verse 32, it says, at the last, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women and thine heart shall utter 
perverse things. And this is exactly, hey, Coach P, what strange women do when you're in there, when you're around them, when you're in their company, what do they do to you? You start thinking some ungodly thoughts, which is why your mind needs to be locked in with Christ. Now, a woman can't help if she's beautiful, okay, y'all? If she's dressed nice and she's beautiful and all, hey, man, she's just beautiful. But you know, we've got to be programmed and have our minds right that we won't be thinking perverse thoughts. But you know, that's the thing that this world can give you. It makes you think perversely. It gives you a position and makes you feel great. It puts, you know, it allows you to have money in the bank and you start to feel that you're better than others. This is all a part of that allure of the strange woman. She changes your nature because she gives you identity, not of God, but of the world. And you know, let me let me get right in because I don't want to waste a whole lot of time. So let's go to Proverbs chapter uh, one. Proverbs chapter one, guys, and let's begin at verse one. We're going to be talking about two different types of women here. Man, if we only knew, and that's why the Lord does us a favor. He talks to us about this harlot that, you know, with her was, was drunk. She was drunk with the saints and with the martyrs of Jesus. He's, he's pointing this woman out as a killer, but the Bible does make clear she looks good because he says all the kings of the earth and all these guys have committed fornication with her. Everybody was drunk with this spirit. She looks good. She dresses nice. She's got all this. But outside of that, guys, she's a cold-blooded killer. Look at Proverbs 1, and let's look at verse 1. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. So what are we reading this for? To know wisdom and instruction and to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. It says to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge, sorry, to the young man knowledge, I lost my place, okay. Okay, to the young man knowledge and discretion. So what are we being told what we're about to hear? For knowledge and discretion. You know, there's too many times in our lives we made decisions contrary to what God wanted and we're living with it. You know, and we're dealing with it. But if we cling to the wisdom of God, he can change every situation we're in, everything that we're dealing with. This wisdom is spoken of in this Bible as a woman. Now, some people will go as far as to say that if this is the Holy Spirit, it's a woman, but this is not true. Every time the Holy Spirit has been mentioned, the Holy Spirit is as a man. You know, it says he. It doesn't have an agenda, but it says he is meant to bring us into all truth and righteousness. But in many ways, it's speaking of wisdom here as a type of wife. Okay, so let's look at this. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto the wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, man, I'm gonna have to cut my Facebook messenger off. This thing is just wild right now. Like, man, I'm just getting alert after alert. But anyway, 
it says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation of the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord brings us wisdom, brings us knowledge, you know, but fools, they despise wisdom. This is why, again, you can have some of the most intelligent people that you may meet in the world in this life. But the thing is, the second you begin to tell them about Jesus Christ, their need for him and what they should be doing, you see the strange look that you get? You see how they're offended by what you said? You see how they promote themselves above the ways of God? Because they don't think that they need God's wisdom. He says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother for they shall be an ornament. Now notice he mentions here in verse eight, father and mother. Who's the father? God the father. And Jesus Christ is the word, right? But when you look at don't um, hear the instructions of your father and forsake not the law of your mother, that's in many ways, guys, for us, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit governs us and tells us right from wrong. The Holy Ghost will prick our conscience and let us know when we're going the wrong way. So in many ways, the Holy Spirit is like a mother, not female, but like a mother, those who guide, those who nurture, who comforts us to keep us in the righteous ways of God that we won't go off course. Because, you know, Paul says all things are expedient or all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. You know, sometimes you might turn on a football game and get into sports, and then the Lord himself will tell you, you know, hey, um, yeah, all right, you watched the game. I didn't say anything, but how many more games you want to listen to? I think it's time that we pray. That's the guidance of the Holy Spirit that might realize that there is a chink in your armor. There's something coming, something doing. So I need you to get into the word. I need you to get into prayer. I need you to minister or do whatever I'm calling you to do right now. And this is in many ways that, that the Holy Spirit is a governor for us, all right? He says, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Now, it doesn't mean chains is in bondage. Jesus says in Matthew 11, he says, come and learn of me and you will find that I'm meek and lowly of heart. What did he say? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we do have some law to follow, but it's going to be the laws of God and not of men. He says, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. So this is how the sinner entices the people. Look at, look at verse 11 again. He says, let us lay in wait. Do worldly whores and spiritual whores do this? Absolutely. Do these guys do this in the pulpit? Absolutely. They lay in wait to snare you, to bring you unto them, to get you to follow after these things that you will end up straying away from the Lord. He says, do they wait for blood? He says, they lurk privily for the innocent without cause. He says, let us swallow them up alive as the grave 
and uh, and whole as those that go down into the pit. So while you think that you being invited to an outing with your coworkers to a bar that you guys may go bowling together, you must understand the spirit that is there. Now, if we're mature, we're gonna preach the gospel, but you would never believe guys how many things in this life that we consider fun, that we follow after, that has nothing to do with the ways of God, only meant to allure you, only meant to entice you, only meant to defile you, to keep you from being what God wants you to be. Hopefully I'm not confusing you guys, but you know, I'm taking a walk into the, into the physical, but we're also going back to the spiritual. This strange woman is a woman spirit in the world that can sometimes, or it can also be a part of men, but it is also a principality. It is a world system and power. Look at this. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil, with you, with you know, worthlessness. You know, and this is the appetite of a worldly person that is in the world. You know, what do they do? Buy all kinds of meaningless things that don't matter because somehow we feel that these things validate us. But really, all they are is to waste your time. What he's telling us in these verses is the appetite of the sinner that entices us to follow after them. He says, cast in thy lot among us and let us all have one purse. What is he talking about here? Gambling. Look at verse 15. My son, walk not thou in the way with them, refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, and they lay wait for their own blood. Uh, they lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of every one that is greedy of gain which taketh away the life of, of the owners thereof. Wisdom crieth without. Uh, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. So you see, while all this stuff is going on, he mentioned gamblers, those who are drunken, those who are enticed by the world, and you've got the Holy Spirit, like in the streets and called wisdom, screaming unto us, how long are you gonna keep doing the same stupid things you've been doing? How long are you gonna be used by the world? How long are you gonna lay with the harlot? How long are you gonna have a mind that is so foolish that you get used by the devil every day? Come unto me. So what does it say? She's in the street screaming. She's in the chief places screaming. She's at the gates of the city screaming. Get out of that life. Come out of her, my people. Come to Christ. Get right. Be made whole so that God can use you because this harlot has nothing for you but to destroy you. Let's look at chapter two. Now I got to move quickly. And I wasted a lot of time. So look at Proverbs 2, guys. Look at verse 1. He says, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom 
and applying thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searcheth for her as for hid treasure, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Let me simplify this for us, guys, in the New Testament. Jesus says in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, if you hunger and seek after righteousness, you will be filled. Some of us may look, but how many of us hunger? Some of us may desire, but how many of us thirst? You've got to seek after righteousness, after wisdom, after what God wants in order to be filled. We must understand this, guys, and we must go after this hungering and seeking after righteousness, that if we've got half of an appetite for the world, we might seek, but we won't seek long because we're going to get right back into what we're doing and desiring that, trying to build a better future for today. But the truth of the matter is you're just in line with the harlot. We're going to have to get to the place, guys, of recognizing this truly is a harlot, that she's stinking, that she's nasty, that she's crawling with disease, that she has been with I don't know how many others, and she's just using you to the place where you can become defiled and go to hell with her. We've got to get right with the Lord where we may see and we may understand that almost everything we touch in this world belongs to the harlot. If we use it, you know, there were times that God sent Joseph and and uh you know, Abraham and others into Egypt during famines. And I believe that's what much of our experience is about. He might send us into Egypt for a time, but don't you ever forget that you're an Israelite. Don't you ever forget that your kingdom is not of this world. Don't you ever forget that we're not contending with the devil for his land. We've got to stay on that narrow path and recognize that I'm only borrowing what I have to borrow here. I'm only using what I have to do here for a season. But the end game is to get out of Egypt, wander through the wilderness of my own soul, have the Holy Ghost remove all this filth from me that I can inherit the promised land, which is eternal life. Look at this. All right, he says, for the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. So you and I guys can't make it without the Lord. But look at this. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. And that's why Jesus could be in this world, guys, but not of it. Yeah, he was in the world. He walked around. He did whatever. Hey, go buy some meat. Who's, whose name is on this superscription? Hey, Peter, you're going down to pay your taxes, pay mine too. But he never bought in. He was never a part of it. When the devil offered him all the kingdoms of the world, he wanted nothing to do with them because he knew that it was a stinking harlot that did not have his best interest at heart. So look at this. He says, when wisdom entereth into thine heart 
and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. So, you know, it ain't just understanding. We've got to have discretion. We need discernment, guys. We need to know when we're hearing the wrong gospel. We need to know when we're around the wrong people. We need to know when people have our best interest at heart or they don't. We can't go for how things look. We need discernment in this hour to know that just because it looks good does not mean that it's good for me. Look at verse 12. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. I told you this is not just the spirit of a woman. It's also a spirit of a man. What is discretion and understanding for? Or the wisdom of God? To deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward or perverse things, things that are not true, things that are not pure, things that are not holy, things that are not conducive to my salvation. Those perverse things, that's what the evil men do. 13, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Look at verse 14 who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forward of the wicked. So there are people out there that love evil. They love wickedness. They love sin. They're not going to come to God unless God pricks their heart and they will truly find him as the truth. This is the hunter. This is the one that goes around and loves wickedness and promotes wickedness. A lot of these men are pastors, like I said. A lot of these men are politicians. A lot of these men are teachers and professors and scientists and banking. They're wicked men. Look at verse 15, whose ways are crooked and they forward in their paths. It says to deliver thee from the strange woman. So there's the evil man and there's the strange woman. When Adam let Eve rule his life, or he hearkened unto the words of Eve, and he didn't exercise the authority that God had given him, Adam became an evil man. When Eve was partaker of the fruit of the devil and offered it to her husband, she became the strange woman. Look at this. It says to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger, with, which flattereth with her lips or with her words which forsake the God of her youth and forget the covenant of her God. It says, for her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. So when, you know, if you want to talk about worldly women, you want to talk about sin, you want to talk about sex, fornication and all that, I told you guys my experience. I laid down with a harlot one day and I became one. I was out there doing all kinds of filth, living my life, doing whatever, because I had that spirit. Man, I used to look at women like meat, like, like how a person would go and look at cars and judge them. And, and you know, like, all right, this car has this on it, but then you want the latest, this, that, and the third. Man, I was the same way. I was a predator. I was out there, man, looking for any woman that I could be with. Why? Because I had become a partaker of that strange woman. And a lot of us are in the world this way. So if you, if you take out 
the, the uh, carnal or physical part, and you go right to the spiritual, the appetite of this world, we can be the same way. We're looking for love and everything else in all the wrong places, but we're not giving it to God. We're not for the saving purposes of Christ. Many are in the ways of antichrist, doing wickedness and believing in this world system. These two go hand in hand. He says, and her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. And why do you think there's so many people believing in antichrist today? Because they've gone in unto the world. They've laid in bed with the world. And look at what happened, the paths of life, the true righteousness of God, the, the, uh, the life of the gospel in Jesus Christ. You see how those things go by the wayside? Look at verse 20, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous for the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. But the transgress, I mean, but the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. So guys, we wanna be on that path with the Lord, following after him, doing what he says. We don't have to go into what a bunch of women are compared to this spirit. You know why? Because if people are in the world, they're going to be like it. Everything that the Bible tells you about this world system and about this harlot, you'll find worldly women who know not Christ are the same way. Same spirit, thinking you're a diva better than that, laying around with any man you can lay down with, you know? I mean, just, just totally having your allegiance to decapitating men, destroying men, castrating men. This is what it's all about. So the children are very much like the harlot if we're partakers of the world. Look at, uh, I got to move quickly now. Look at Proverbs 5. <sighs> Proverbs 5, guys, let's look at verse 1. He says, my son, attend unto my wisdom and bound thine ear to mine understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion. You see how he's talking about being discreet, being discerning and understanding, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. So when you look at this, man, you know, uh, let me continue. But when you understand the lips of a strange woman, this is why we must truly as people of God escape rejection. Because when you're a rejected person, you know what you want? You want somebody to make you feel better. You want somebody to make you feel included. You know, the world is full of people like this. The devil can't govern over somebody that's been made whole, that knows their identity in Christ. But you see, when you feel like an outcast, when you feel excluded, when you feel beat down, when you feel worthless, you are more likely, guys, to take heed to the words of a strange woman. You're more likely to follow after false doctrine. You're more likely to go after strange lands. You're more likely to go after strange flesh. Look at how the homosexual spirit has got everybody believing that this is righteous now. 
Why? Because people are rejected. They want to be included. They believe everything coming through the airwaves and the radio. They just want to go along to get along. No, we've got to have discernment, guys. We've got to have understanding as to what God says, and we've got to walk in his ways. Because when you're rejected, that's what makes you sit in a congregation with false doctrine. And you want to believe all these things that make you feel good, but they're not feeding your spirit, man. They're not detaching you from the world. They're not making you whole in Christ that you can do the will of Christ. The reason why I'm stressing this, guys, and I'm going back and forth, and I'm hoping that I'm not confusing y'all is for this one purpose. Many of us are still hooked to the world, but we've got to hook ourselves to Jesus Christ and have the mind of Christ. Right now, as we speak, some of us can't wait to go back to the lives we live. We can't wait to do the things that we want to do. You know, we can't wait to engage in this world again that once destroyed you, and somehow we think we're going to just wallow in it and be as we are, and it's not going to take us over. We've got to see where we are, guys. If God opens this thing up, for five or six more months, guess what? Thank God that we've got a time to preach the gospel, get even more prepared and become more serious. But what will the harlot do? Or those that have the spirit of the strange woman, they're gonna go right back to the world, indulge in for six more months, don't even get themselves prepared, don't even pray more, won't even become more spiritually you know, um, strong. And, and, and they're going to go right back to the same thing that they've been in. Man, we got to see this world for what it is and what it's about. He says, this strange woman, man, he says she's like a drop of a honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil. Man, look at what we're going after, guys. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Again, how many men and how many women? Have been have dated something like this or someone like this. Let me say that. They start out nice, they start out loving, they tell you whatever you want to hear, but in the end, they are bitter as wormwood and sharp as a two-edged sword, only meaning to do one thing: destroy you. You know what causes a lot of whoremongers and harlots of this one thing? A bunch of used-up people by the world. You know, a woman has real honor and value and virtue when she's a young woman. She may not understand a lot. She may come from a, a, a corrupt background, but it takes some dirty boy, some low-life dude to talk a woman into having sex before marriage, into defiling her, using her up. And I don't care what girl you're talking about. If any girl lost their virginity before being married, when you got up out of that experience, you might've felt closer to the God because you didn't know any better, but you also felt used. You felt like, man, this ain't right. I just gave away something special. I'm not being the way that I should be. And look at me now. So what do you do? Now that you've got the itch that needs to be scratched, you go and find another guy that'll tell you some lies and he'll do the same thing. Then you find another guy, he'll do the same thing. And another guy, he'll do the same thing. And then after a while, what happens to you? You say, um, well, I guess that's what men like. And after all, I like it now too. So, you know, 
I'm going to go looking for some good, you know what, you know, and, and what happens? She becomes defiled, depreciated, devalued, and then all of a sudden, she's thinking like the world. Now she's a diva. Now love don't live here anymore. Now I can be this and I can be that. The same thing for a man. If any man can be honest, the first time you lost your virginity, if you weren't married, you know, you felt devalued. I remember coming home feeling unclean. And I just knew some one way or another, my parents would know that I did it. I felt like it was all over me. I remember coming home and I saw my mom and dad and I'm like, oh, hey, hey guys. Um, yeah, how was the basketball game? Oh yeah, it was, it was good. But you can tell that you lost something. You lost your innocence. The devil had used you and depreciated you and, and ran you over. He did this again and again. And then after a while, what happens to a man? You become a predator. I'm looking for any woman that I can get, any woman I can lay with, any woman, you know, that I could possibly have. It don't even matter. You had turned from the stage of being a man or young man or young woman unto a beast. And you lived that way until Jesus Christ came to save your life and to change you, and to transform you, and to teach you virtue, and to teach you honor, and to teach you holiness, that we may be in God's image and God's likeness. But if you notice, it always started out with the attraction of what we can have. And what did that attraction do? It lured you unto a place of devaluing you and using you until you became just like everybody else. That's the same way, guys that the world works. It's the same way. You go through its system, its education, its knowledge, its understanding, and you become like the world, just a battery waiting to be used up and cast aside. But look at this. Look at, look at churches full of false doctrine. Yeah, they're a body snatcher, amen, brother. But you know, even false doctrine, you're in churches like that, what do people get? Used and abused, don't even know it. You know, getting used by some liar in the pulpit, taking all their money, all their wealth, everything, fleecing the flock. And after a while, a person gets used to being used. And this is why when you tell people there's no New Testament tithe, look at how the harlots fight you over their pimp. Look at how they tell you, man, that no, I know you wrong. You dead wrong. And then you say, show me in the New Testament where it is. We are not to give grudgingly nor of necessity but God loves a cheerful giver. You've got to give willfully. And you don't have to, you do it according to your heart. But God loves a cheerful giver. But what does the world make you? Disgruntled, trying to take advantage over situations and sales, using people so that you can meet your quota. You know, it's just, it, this world is run by harlots. We did a teaching just a year ago called Pimps and Hoes. And you know, the whole system is run through pimps and hoes. Even if you look at the so-called drug dealer that thinks he's a thug or the blood or the crit that thinks he's a thug, he's on the corner selling drugs or going out doing hits or doing whatever, and he's got a pimp. Whatever his gang leader tells him to do, he goes and does. He goes and does. He thinks he's a man, but he's really a hoe. You see what I'm saying? Look at Donald Trump. He's a hoe. Look at anybody that bought into this world system. You're a whore working for some pimp 
that is telling you that this is okay. But Jesus Christ is the one that sets you free. I mean, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place right now, guys, because I got a lot of points to meet, but I'm trying to bring understanding that unless you are in Jesus Christ, you're just used of the world. That's all you are. So anyway, it says, her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou should ponder the path of life, her ways are movable that thou canst not know them. And that's the way this world is. It changes up on you. Buy a house, it gets foreclosed. You know, get married, it ends in divorce. Buy a car and it gets repossessed. This world is full of the unexpected. It changes constantly. People even change. One minute you could be talking to a brother or sister in the Lord and they're cool. Next minute they got an attitude. That's just human nature. People change, but God does not change. Our God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. People were working a month ago and had good promises and things that they wanted. Now they're uncertain if they'll ever go back to work. The same way it is with the strange woman. You marry a woman from the world or someone that doesn't want to pursue Christ, you are unequally yoked. You'll feel the difference. You're going to be desiring to do something and they're going to be desiring something else. You will have war in your home when you are not equally yoked. You will have war in your ministry when you are not equally yoked. Wherever there is the element of a strange thing that does not come from God, it is only going to cause discord and it will bring trouble to your life. If it's not there to help you advance, then it's a hindrance to hold you back. You know? But anyway, it says, so her ways are movable. You can't know them. I've dated women in the world and this is exactly what it's like. You never know who they are or what they're going to be. Why? Because they're driven by another spirit and they're a part of another tribe. That's worldly people for you. It says, hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her and come not nigh to the door of her house, lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel. And what are we talking about here? What I just talked about, how the world devalues you and living a life that is not governed by God through fornication, homosexuality, whatever it is that you're into, whatever it is that you're intimate with, it's the same thing. It devalues you. Look at this in verse 10, lest strangers be filled with, the, with thy wealth and thy labor be in the house of a stranger and thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed and say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to them that have instructed me. I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly, drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. This is a great point. Scientists and everybody can tell you that the world is a certain way. Hey, I only believe the word of God. You know, uh, people in the education system want to tell you about 
what, what proper marriage is and what they believe the new family should be and the way that we should live. Hey, I only know the word of God. Every time the devil pressed Jesus, okay, with his belief system, Jesus went right back to the word of God. It is written because he was dealing with a harlot. You see, it's the word of God. Jesus drank out of his own fountain. He drank out of his own cistern. He drank out of that which was pure, that which was righteous, that which was of God. He didn't try to incorporate the world with what he was a part of because he knew that the world was his enemy. You and I have to get to the place, guys, where we recognize that the world itself is our enemy. Look at Proverbs 7. You know, people are confused right now. There's a lot that they don't understand. This is a two-part teaching. So tomorrow, we're going to touch on more things that, that we can see that will make you say, oh, okay, now I know why he said that. We're going to be talking about the harlot right now. But when it comes to tomorrow's teaching, then you're going to say, okay, I see what you mean. And maybe you won't. But I'm just making the point that this is what it's all about. That's right. Satan is a master pen. Look at Proverbs 7. Let's look at verse 1. He says, my son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. So guys, this word of God should be precious to us. I mean, the word of God should be something like, Lord, I can't live without you. Give me a scripture for today. When I got problems with work, when I got problems with marriage, when I got problems with life, when I got problems with finances, whatever it is, we should be going after the word of God. Lord, give me a word in season. Give me your word, your understanding. But instead, we run to the world for a lot of things, which means what? Sometimes there's still harlotry in our hearts. So he says, man, keep the word of God, the law of God, the Holy Spirit as the apple of your eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. So what do I want to be? I want to be a best friend to the Holy Spirit. I want to be married to the Holy Spirit. I can't go without the Holy Spirit's wisdom. I can't go without the nature of the Holy Ghost. Too many times, guys, we make decisions of our own. We go out and we do whatever we want. And then in the end, we're reaping the bill. We're, we're footing the bill. We're dealing with stuff. We've got more problems than we should have had. If only we would have come to the Lord and obeyed the word of God. So you see, wisdom, the Holy Spirit, is, uh, is our sister and our kinswoman. That's who we should cling to, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger with flattereth or which flattereth with her lips. You see how guys now, when worldly people try and come to you and entice you or get you to do things, you see how you can say, well, all I know is this. The Bible says, blah, blah, blah. And they may come at you with something else. Yeah, but the Bible says, you see, that's that's a, that's adding the words of God in your heart. Those things that are pleasing to him that you won't get caught up with this harlot. 
The only times we get caught up with this harlot is when we put God aside and we try and do things in our own wisdom and strength. She flatters with her words. Look at verse six. For at the for at the window of my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the sample ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. So this is a young man. He's simple. Those who don't know, those who don't know God or understand. And it says, I discerned among the youths a man who is void of understanding. This man does not know God. Okay, verse eight, passing through the street near her corner and he went the way to her house. And in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. So there you have it. Though this may play out in the physical sense, we must understand it also in the spiritual sense. As I said earlier in this teaching, harlots are in the business of advertisement. A harlot knows if I've got to catch you, then I must seduce you. Let me give you another example, guys, of the harlot and her advertisement. Think about this stimulus package that Donald Trump is wanting to give everybody. And look how so many people are just waiting for it. Yeah, I hope it comes. I can't wait to have it. You know what? Whether I get it or not, my trust is in Jesus Christ. Some people are still looking for the right man in office. You know what? I cling to Jesus Christ. Some people are looking for, you know, the Constitution to tell them everything that they need to know so that they can fight back in the physical plane. But guess what? I put my trust in Jesus Christ. But as you can see, this young man, he's void of understanding. He meets this woman with the attire of a harlot, okay? And she's subtle of heart. So she may not even look like a harlot at first, you know, but she's very subtle. Look at verse 11. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. And when you're dealing with a worldly woman, guys, this is what it's like. You try and tell her about the ways of God, she want to argue. She want to fight. She want to kick you out of the house. You know, she wants to do you dirty because she's loud and stubborn. You know why? She's a mutation. She's not the original creation that God wanted. She's a woman of the world. Okay? She's a part of the worldly tribe. And her feet abide not in her house. How many women today really know how to be moms and be at home, take care of the kids and do things? You find most of the time they're off to the club. They're hanging out here or going there. Their feet don't abide in their house. Every time there's the whistle blowing or some advertisement or somewhere to go or a better opportunity, they are not at home. Look at this. Now is she without, now in the streets and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me uh, this day. Have I paid my vows? So she comes in peace, just like the world, just like the Antichrist, just like a false pastor or preacher, just like the evil people, okay? They come in peace. The devil doesn't show you his face. He comes as an angel of light to entice you, okay? And she comes in peace, look at 15. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, 
diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings and ta of tapestry, uh, with carved works, and with fine linen of Egypt. So when you want to talk about a bed, this can be a physical bed, yes, but you must understand the bed is also the world, what we indulge in, what we seek after, what we become one with. So she's decked her bed with this, like the devil decked the world with just about everything you would want. That's why the false gospel is so enticing. It's all decked up with fine linen of Egypt. I love what Pastor Price said about knowing a false prophet. He says, no matter what they say, okay, they'll always lead you back to the world. And that is 100% the truth. They may tell you about love. They may tell you about revival. They may tell you about reaching people, but then they'll mess around and say this one thing because we want to make America a better place. That's what we want. We want to turn America great again. What are they doing? Turning you right back to Egypt. Look at this. I have perfumed my bed that it smells good with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. So what does this, this harlot do? It works on the senses. First, she had the attire of the harlot. So with the man's eyes, he could see that she looked good. Okay, then she said, I come in peace. And she made her bed that he might lay on it. Okay, so that he might feel good. Now she's perfumed her bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon that it may smell good. So this is how the natural mind engages the world. If it looks good, if it feels good, then I've got to do it, you know? And we've got to be unplugged from that and have the mind of Christ. She says, come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with love. For the good man is not at home. He has gone a long journey. So if this is us, guys, with the world, Think about this, the good man. We got one good man in our life too. You know who he is? Jesus Christ. This harlot is saying to us, the good man is not at home. He has gone a long journey. So while Jesus Christ has not come yet, have some fun, live your life, do what you wanna do, enjoy. And when somebody tells you that the coronavirus is coming, Oh man, you go and band up your face and hide in and the government tells you, this is what we need to do. And anybody not complying, we're gonna deal with. And everybody goes running. Everybody goes doing what they do. But when you tell people the kingdom of heaven is coming, when Jesus is coming, nobody has fear. You know why? Because they've all got natural minds and they're drunk with the fornication of the wine of the harlot. So look at this, the good man ain't home. He went on a long journey, relax. He had taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. So don't worry about it. For her much fair speech, she caused him to yield with the flattering of her lips, she forced him. And he goeth after her straightway as an ox, goeth to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. You see, and a lot of people are enticed and they're brought forward in this. That's why I chose the thumbnail that I did. If you look at the thumbnail good enough, guys, it looks like the man is just getting comfort from the woman 
And she's got this, you know, this look like, man, boy, I got you now. I'm going to cut your head off and put it in a basket when I am done with you. And you can, as you can see, she's a beautiful woman. And that man is seeking comfort from the strange woman that only has one thing in mind. Look at what it says here, that he goeth after her straightway as an ox, okay? Goeth to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteneth to a snare and knoweth not that it was for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways, go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded, uh, many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chamber of death. You see that? Many people have been destroyed. Now, you know, there are a lot of harlots out there that destroy men too. They even said in Hollywood, one of the tactics that they use, and even in politics and even in religion, in churches, that they sick harlots on the men. They do. They compromise the man that he can't speak for God anymore because he's just been fornicating or, or committing adultery. You know, they do it to the politician. He gets compromised and he don't want those pictures going home to his wife. So as you can see, you know, she's cast down many. Now you compare this with Revelation 18. What's in that harlot in Revelation 18? The souls of men. This world system has cast down many, has destroyed many lives. But I'm here to tell people today, Jesus Christ is the tree of life. Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved. Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem or situation that we have. But if you go in line with this harlot, she's going to seduce you until she destroys you. Every day, the world is working on a way to captivate your mind, keep you from thinking about the things that are of God, that you might go to hell. That's what this whole thing is about. Look at Proverbs 8. I got a um, quick point, and then I'm going to make a couple of other points. And we're also, I've got an article that will tell you about the nature of the strange woman and the woman that is of God. There's a difference between the two. Proverbs 8, and let's look at verse 30. Okay, now we're talking about two women. One that is wisdom, that, is, that should be like a wife to us, that helps us out on the way of life. And then you've got the harlot, which is the strange woman, physical and spiritual, that will destroy men and women. So look at verse 30. It says, then I was by him as one brought with him. I was daily his, I, and I was daily uh, his delight rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the inhabitable in the habitable part of the earth. And my delights were with the sons of men. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates waiting at the post of my doors. So those who are following the Holy Spirit, you know, hey, these people are gonna have delight that they should always be watching 
Verse 35 says, for whoso findeth me findeth life and shall uh, findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All that hate me love death. So you see, when you hate God, when you hate the ways of Jesus Christ, when you want to go and run with the harlot, you love death. And you see, some people think death looks like a corpse or a skeleton or, you know, just something decrepit and broke down. No, death can be a beautiful woman on the street that's, you know, that's a diva. Death can be a good looking, kindly speaking pastor. Death can be, you know, a beautiful politician or good looking politician that has all kinds of world policies. Death is anything, and I mean anything, that alienates us or separates us from the life of God. And that's what strange women are all about. Look at uh, 1 Kings 11. I want to make three examples, and then I'm going to um, uh, do one other scripture. So we're going to go a little bit for tonight. My apologies, guys, but I must make these points. Look at 1 Kings 11. First Kings 11, oh, full of death. Yeah, man, death don't always look like death. First Kings 11, look at verse one. But when Solomon loved many, what? Strange women together with the daughters of Pharaoh, a worldly woman, women of the Moabites and Ammonites and Edomites, Zidonians and Hittites. What were these? Women of the world, women of death. You know, women joined to the harlot in false religion, but he loved them. And look at verse two of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods and Solomon clave unto these in love. So if you look at it, these strange women, what did they do? They turned Solomon's heart and led Solomon to their gods. And because of this, guys, Solomon fell away. Look at how his appetite became insatiable. Look at verse three. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David, his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Melchah, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord, as did David, his father. Then did Solomon build in high place for Shemash, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto other gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord, of the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. And he commanded him concerning this thing, 
that he should not go after other gods, but he kept, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. So Solomon fell away, but look what Solomon did. He gave strange offerings, right? He gave strange fire. This is what we're talking about. He also was indulged in strange flesh, going after women that were not the women that he was supposed to be with. And then it was a strange wisdom because believe it or not, guys, Solomon is the father of all modern day witchcraft. Whatever you guys hear about in, um, in the new age or Buddhism or in Hinduism, on books like The Art of War, The Tao Te Ching, and The I Ching, and all this stuff. Solomon is the father of all modern day witchcraft. Every single piece. He's the one that made that six-pointed star with the circle around it. That's known as the seal of Solomon. They try and call it the star of David, but it had nothing to do with David. That's the seal of Solomon. And you know what that seal means? Six, six, six. So as you can see, Solomon went way off course and he began in this strange wisdom because he was a wise man and he taught it to mankind. You know, strange lands, he was engaged with women from other lands, strange doctrine, he began to incorporate things with God that had nothing to do with God. And of course he served strange gods. He could not serve God because of where his heart was. Now, when you're spare time, read Judges 13 through 16. That's the life of Samson. Remember, Samson was a Nazarite, separated unto God to serve God. What happened? Samson, for whatever reason, wanted a strange woman. And his mom even asked him, Samson, are there not ever any women from our tribe that you're interested in? But you know, Samson was a lord by the harlot. And he played around with it and he played around with them, and he played around with them, until what? He lost his anointing, his eyes were burned out of his head, he went blind, and what was he doing at that point? Grinding around the mill, you know, grinding at the mill, like the world is today, like the church is today, going around in circles, messing around with strange women, until what? God had to take away his sight, allow his hair to grow back, Samson could finally see that these harlots were his enemy. And what did he do from there? Lord, if you can just give me one last push, if I can just avenge myself on my enemies for my two eyes. And what happened? Samson pushed over those two pillars, destroyed over 3,000 Philistines, killed more in his death than he did in his life. Well, what did Samson have to do? Die out to self, die out to the harlots die out to the world, become alive to God, that, you know, he had an eye problem. He, had, he liked eye candy. But once his eyesight was removed, now Samson can see. Once the world fell down on Samson real hard and showed him, hey, I might be beautiful, but I ain't your friend. I'm there to collect them 11,000 pieces of silver. Now Samson gets it. And that's what you and I ought to get to the place of recognizing who our enemies are that we may destroy more and our death to self and, and, and being alive to Jesus Christ, that we may do the work of Christ. It is the worldly mind. It's because we're in bed with this harlot that we obey the harlot, follow the harlot. We, we have no problem with the harlot whatsoever as long as he stays on his side. 
But what God wants us to be able to do is to defeat the harlot, overcome the harlot, truly be a person, a man or woman of Christ, that we can save souls and get one last push. You know, so Samson had the same problem, strange women. We got the same problem today, strange affection, strange men, strange women. We're still trying to be it when all we've got to do is give it unto Jesus and let him work. Lose the identity in yourself. Can't stand your own life to walk with Christ. Jesus said it this way, if we forsake a life, okay, what did he say? Those who um who will uh, save their lives will lose it. Those that will lose their lives for my sake shall find it. Man, our backs are against the wall. We've gone back. We can't afford to go any further. Yeah, we're gonna wait on the instruction of the Lord, but we better get our hearts and our minds prepared to separate from this harlot that we can truly do the will of Christ. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I think that's gonna be the last part. In your spare time, guys, read Luke 17. That also talks about, remember, uh, two men grinding at the at the mill, one goeth up and the other remaineth. When you get to that word and the other, that word is the same word for strange, okay? Those who are not like Christ are not going up. They're gonna remain with the world that they're married to. But for those who are like the Lord, one goes up and the other remains. Those who are grinding at the mill, one goes up and the other remains. You see, the five wise and the five foolish virgins have everything to do with this. The wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats, the parable of the talents, it all has to do with this. Those who are in bed with the harlot and those who truly waited for their husband and were led by the spirit of God who, and, and, and for Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. We've got to get unplugged. Because a lot of Christians are asking questions lately, man, that I'm like shocked. You know, I mean, they're asking things like, you know, when the vaccine comes, guys, for this so-called coronavirus and it becomes mandatory, what should I do? What do you mean, what should you do? For the sake of work, I'm going to get a vaccine? Man, you're crazy. I'm not letting anybody inject me with anything that I don't know. That's foreign. That's strange. If I can't be healed of whatever I get, then let me die and go to heaven. But I'm not taking any vaccine for the sake of work. That's why this is being brought forward tonight, guys, because the devil is going to try and get you and I to bid to, and to compromise and to be one with him. He's going to ask you, how much do your son and daughter mean to you? How much does your job mean to you and your livelihood? We've got to get unplugged and we got to say, hey, Lord, you're going to have to provide for me because there's nobody that's going to inject me with anything that I don't want to be injected with. But you see, they're not going to force it in the way that you think. They're not going to grab you and take your arm. They may throw you in jail. They might, you know, try to you know, entice you with work. Hey, if you want to go back to work, everybody that goes back to work has got to receive the vaccine. Then, hey, man, you keep your job. Okay, I'm going to go and do what God tells me to do. But you see, we're all going to get challenged in this. It's all going to come our way. We're going to truly find out 
Are we with the strange woman? Or are we really the bride of Christ being led by the spirit? You wait and see, wait and see. Don't say you weren't warned because this is what we're looking at, guys. We've got to be unplugged from those things that are not of God because the world is not going to incorporate us any longer. Those things are gonna be taken away. You want these things, you know what to do. And the greatest thing, guys, that we're gonna have to overcome is fear of death. We're gonna have to overcome it. Do what you will, but I'm gonna follow Jesus Christ all the way to the road that leads to life, which is in him. I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm gonna let somebody inject me with something I don't even know that'll be in my bloodstream and I don't even know what I have for the sake of going back to work. I'm telling you guys, we are going to get challenged. You wait and see. Hey, I don't mind being a ragamuffin. I can walk around in a potato sack, never shaving my head again, okay? My teeth can be yellow as the sun, but guess what? I'm not getting no vaccine for a coronavirus. I'll just become a man on the hill. I'll come out looking like John the Baptist, but I am not going to let anyone violate this temple for the sake of going back to work. And we all better decide because it's coming. It's coming. It's gonna start out good. Oh, we're just trying to help you guys so that y'all can make it. You wait and see. <laughs> Sister Tanisha said, I know that's right. All right, so let's look at First uh, Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians 10, look at verse one. You might go back to work, but you're not gonna go back to work the way you left it. I promise you that. Amen, Sal. Anybody that ever been in that hustle knows that that's true because you got to try out the product so that you can get hooked. <laughs> Look at 1 Corinthians 10, guys. Look at verse 1. He says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And um, did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. And for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. So if you look at this guys, they were all partakers. They all left Egypt together. They all followed Moses. They were all baptized. It all happened the same. They all received the same reward for leaving Egypt. But look at verse four or five. He says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness, in the soul, in the middle journey, when it looked like nothing was going on, when there was scarcity in the land, and now you've got to trust God. This is where they were overthrown, guys. Now, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. 
You see this, guys? This is exactly what we're talking about. Every single time people get to a place of wilderness or a place of judgment, this harlot will come around and entice people to take it easy. Don't even worry about it. It's all right. This is what the devil is doing. What does it say? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the son of man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving into marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And what does it say in the days of Lot? They were doing the same thing until God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did, they, what did he tell them lastly? Remember Lot's wife. You've got to remember Lot's wife. That's what this is about. Don't look back. Go forward to the things that God calls you to. Press towards the mark of the high calling and don't stop till you get into the land until you are secure, until you have finished your race. But as for these people, they were overthrown in the wilderness. They lusted after evil things and they became idolaters and sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20,000. Look at that. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. That happened in number 16. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, guys, for you and I. And they were written for our admonition, for our warning, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he falls. You see that? You think you got it figured out? You think you're a powerful and mighty Christian that you don't need to worry about this harlot, that you divorced her years ago and everything is fine? He says, if any man stand, let him take heed lest he fall. We must continue, as Proverbs says, with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. She should be a sister unto us, a wife, a kinswoman. We can't afford to lay down God's word and do whatever we want to do. We've got to stay with the guidance of Jesus Christ if we're going to make it into the land. Look at this. He says, there have no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So it's not a question of temptation, guys. Okay, you're gonna be tempted, but it's all about whether or not you want what is in your heart. And that's why Jesus says there's nothing from without a man that defiles a man, but that which is in the man. People are saying, I ain't taking the mark of the beast. You will if, if you're one with a harlot. If you love this world, you'll take it. If you love your children more than God, you'll take it. If you love your husband or wife more than God, you will take it. So he's making clear here, hey, you're going to be tempted, but God will make a way of escape. And what will allow us to escape? It depends on what our hearts are cling to or clung to. If your heart's with the world, man, God can make way of escape all he wants. You're going to turn right back around and go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. 
You know, Moses could give them all the food that he wanted to give them. God showed them miracle time and time again, but their hearts were still in Egypt. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what have I been doing? Going through this place like a Tasmanian devil, throwing stuff out that my heart may be linked to, okay, that it shouldn't be. If you love anything more than Christ, you will not be able to overcome temptation. Trust me when I tell you. He says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I said. The cup of blessings which we, which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? But we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that, of that one bread. Excuse me. Behold Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What say I then? That the idol is anything, or that which is which is offered to sacrifice to idols is anything. So are you saying the idolatry in your heart, the things that you indulge in, that you find treasures are more above Christ? You think they're absolutely nothing? You think they don't play a role in salvation? You think God doesn't care? Look at verse 20. But I say, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Jesus says, we can't serve two masters. You're either gonna love the one or hate the other. You're gonna hold to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The Bible tells us, love not the world in 1 John 2 and 15 neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. He says the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. It is time for us to start sleeping with this harlot Stop cheating on God. Stop putting things before him because these things only have one purpose and that is to destroy us. What does uh, Sal say? The VA can keep that vaccine. <laughs> I don't care if they take it. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, Brother Stanford said the same thing, but man, we gotta, we gotta escape this stuff. He says, you cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the tables of devils or the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Or are we stronger than he? That's a question for us all because we can provoke the Lord. Remember in Proverbs, I would say, drink out of your own cistern, drink out of your own fountain. That fountain for us is Jesus Christ, guys. But when we start drinking from the harlot and we think it's going to benefit us, it won't. You see, we've got to cling to the Lord that we won't drink out of the enemy's cup. We'll be drinking out of the cup of Christ. And that's why it says for all those in Revelation 17 that were partakers of the harlot. Remember what they said? In her cup was full of filthiness and abominations of the earth. 
And this is what many self-proclaiming Christians are running after today. And these things mean us no good whatsoever. So, you know, um, I'm going to read this thing real quick. And I guess, you know, and, and also Numbers 25, read in your spare time, the worship of Baal Peor. While there was Moses there dealing with the people, you had a Midianitish woman walk in with uh, one of the guys, one of the uh, children of Israel. And even while, you know, they were in the congregation, this man must have been so drunk with lust that he walks past the congregation with this Midianitish woman, a woman of the world, and they go into a tent and begin fornicating. Just like nothing ever happened. Just like, hey guys, Moses is over there. You know, Joshua's over there. But this guy was so drunk with lust, guys. And this is how we can be. So drunk with lust of the world or whatever that we're just walking with the harlot to the tent. And then Phineas, you know, took a javelin in his hand and staked them both through to the ground. Killed them both. Caught in the act of fornication. They were killed. And what happened? You know, from there, the plague was stayed. It was stayed. So no one would be crazy enough to try that foolishness again. So God counted that for righteousness. But you see, that Midianitish woman was leading that man like a sheep to the slaughter that he might be destroyed. The same way strange men and women do to you and I, the same way that the world wants to do to us. It wants to get you and I in bad standing with God so that we can be destroyed. But if we're really of Christ, we've got to cast down those imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bring in a knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read this thing real quick, guys, about the strange woman. And then I'm going to close from there. So hopefully I didn't confuse you guys tonight. I know I went a lot of places, but, you know, it's just making the point, man, that death doesn't always look like death. Hell doesn't always look like hell. Sin doesn't always look like sin. What's the solution? Cling to Jesus Christ. Hang on the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit lead us that we won't be destroyed. Tell you, man, I never thought I would see the day that the church of God would be scared of the world, but it's here. And notice that the devil is only pulling this now because he knows that most people are drunk. He knows that. See, the devil does an examination and look around the world and looks at people and can tell, okay, this one watching TV, this one's not praying. See, the devil don't just come with attacks like this. I don't even think he could have done this five years ago. He picks the appropriate time to push this lying coronavirus to scare people to death to desire to save their own lives. I know that God always keeps a ram in a bush and he's going to move. But one thing we got to look at, I never thought I would see today as, as Christians, as a church, that, man, we would be thinking about our own safety than, than thinking about what God might want in this hour. But the devil waits for us to fall asleep. But the devil doesn't know 
that Samson's hair is about to grow back. But look at this. Okay. Let me read this and scroll down what the strange woman is. Because it also tells you what the good woman is in here. But I don't have time to read all that. Okay. Okay, here's the harlot. It says, Scripture also teaches what women should not be like. Here are the eight not-so-great women. She's licentious, a licentious woman. Like the woman at the well in John 4, prior to her com uh, conversion uh, to Christ, licentious women are those who lack moral discipline or sexual restraint. This kind of woman is paraded in Proverbs more so than the other uh, that follows, perhaps because she is so dangerous uh, to office to office holders, licentious women, uh, be they male or female, destroy marriages. Adultery is one of the surest ways uh, to instantly uh, and forever destroy a great marriage. Notice how Solomon uh, hammers away on sexual temptation as it relates to those in authority. But notice what happened to Solomon too. Even with all his knowledge, he still couldn't stop being a whoremonger. That's how serious it is, guys, that we become authentic and we're gonna deal with the spirit of hypocrisy tomorrow. All right, there's a whole bunch of stuff here, but let me read this. Uh, deceivable women, this is the second one. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11 and 3 states, the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Deceived, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, deceived uh, means to seduce wholly, uh, to persuade into disobedience. Eve is the example of women. Okay, let me get that right. Okay, Eve is the example of a woman who was persuaded to do wrong. She did not possess personal spiritual fortitude accordingly uh, Accordingly, went away uh, by herself. She was vulnerable. Is your faith your own? Uh, don't have a borrowed or dependent faith. That's right. We got to be made whole. <coughs> Sorry, in Jesus Christ. This is C. She's a materialistic woman. So a strange woman is a deceivable woman. She can be seduced into anything because she's got a natural central mind and a worldly heart. And uh, she's licentious, meaning no self-control, sexually immoral. But now it says she's a materialistic woman. Genesis 19 and 26 states regarding Lot's wife, but his wife from behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Earlier in verse 17, Lot and his family escaped the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. The angel told them specifically, do not look back. Seemingly a small thing, the passage serves as a powerful figurative illustration of someone whose affections are tied to the things of the world. That's Luke 17, 29 through 33, where he says, remember Lot's wife. Are ye heavenly minded? Or, um, or are you attached to the material things of this world? 
seek first the kingdom of God. This is four, contentious woman. So this woman likes to fight. King Saul gave his daughter, Michelle, to David to be his wife. Laden with sarcasm, uh, laden with sarcasm, 2 Samuel 6 and 20 records, but one incident of her lack of respect for her husband, how the king of Israel distinguished himself today. Michelle or Michal is illustrative of a contentious woman. Proverbs uh, has much to say about this. You guys remember when Samson, I'm not Samson, David danced before the Lord with all his might and Michelle didn't like it. When you got a worldly wife or worldly woman in your life, she don't like God. You know, she don't like you to be so into Jesus. It bothers her. It angers her because of the spirit that is in her or in him. They get angry over this, guys, because they don't like the fact that you like Jesus. And what does it say? That David never had children with Michelle. You know what? That could be said of us. If we're tied to the world, if we're contentious, if we're not allowing the spirit of God to use us, you know, we're not going to bear fruit. That's what it's pretty much saying. Why don't we have fruit? Because we're in love with the harlot. Why doesn't the Holy Ghost come upon some of us? Because we still love the world. We've got to get unplugged and wait on the Lord, hunger and thirst after righteousness, and God will fill us. So look at, this is the next one. This is the woman who is obstinate and argumentative, unrelenting and irritation. Okay, that, that was a part of the last one. This is the uh, this is E, corrupting women. In 1 Kings 16 and 31, Israel's King Ahab marries Jezebel, the daughter of the king of the Sidonians, who were Baal um, worshipers. Needless to say, Ahab made a huge mistake. Jezebel illustrates a woman who corrupts others, leading her husband and others astray. In 1 Kings 21 and 25, she is a leading contender for the greatest of the not so greats. Okay, this is F. This is discouraging women. In the midst of life's downturns, some women fall apart. They can't handle the pressure. Lacking endurance in the midst of a trial, they reason incorrectly. I didn't sign up for this. Uh, uh, Job's not so great. Oh, oh, Job's, sorry. Not so great wife indicates of such when she states in her um, distraught in every way husband, curse God and die. <laughs> and it says be encouraging. So true wife would be encouraging, not discouraging, not to take away your faith or to tell you that everything is a stupid idea. Well, if it's a stupid idea, then wisdom or a good wife would tell you it's stupid, but everything you try to build up, you know, this, this strange woman spirit is discouraging. Oh, you'll never do that. Oh, I've seen it. The pastor's done that, blah, blah, blah. Man, you get sick of those men and women real quick. Look at, uh, look at G, manipulative woman. In Matthew 14, three through eight, Herodias seduces her husband's brother in order to get her way. In this case, that meant the head of John the Baptist. So he was slain. Proverbs 31 and 30 states, states it well, charm is deceitful. 
be on the lookout. Some women are masters at using their powers to get their way. Don't be among them. This is H, deceitful women. Whereas Eve was deceivable, point A, Sapphire was deceitful, uh, as was Eve. In Acts 5, 1 through 11, she and her husband postured themselves inaccurately and on uh, uh, to, to an onlooking world, and they paid the full price for pretense, hypocrisy, and fake spirituality. Don't be a woman who makes a, a career out of acting. That's right. We want to be authentic. We're going to cover all this tomorrow. But notice how Ananias and Sapphira, why did they deceive? Why did they do the filth that they did? They love the world. We don't want to be, you know, like the church where everybody is what you would call um, selfless and giving and loving and breaking bread. Nah, man, we got to keep a little bit for ourselves just in case. What was their issue? They love the world. And when they turned their hearts back to the harlot, look what happened to them. They dropped dead right on the spot. Okay, and it says, lastly, about great women. When it comes to the future of our country, women are way more important than men. I don't know who wrote this. I'm sorry, I didn't read this, but let's see. God charges wives with the primary resp responsibility of raising up the next generation. Okay, I get it now. And apart from um, nurturing a godly heritage, there will be no tomorrow for America. There'll be no tomorrow for the world if this changes. Uh, the investments of godly women pay the greatest dividends in society. What a high calling. Praise God for his design. So, you know, he's encouraging women. This is true. Men may work, but a lot of women stay home and nurture the kids and build and do whatever. You know, I was just telling a friend of mine the other day that a child needs mother and father. When a boy grows up without a mother, he becomes what you would call like clueless, a Neanderthal. You know, he doesn't understand in some ways the nature of women or, or understanding to help women. He becomes hard, coarse, you know, not intimate enough. And I'm not talking about sexual. But when a boy grows up with his mom only and not a dad, he usually doesn't have that structure. He doesn't have that confidence. He becomes very cast down, too sensitive, won't take the reins, won't help out, won't protect. He will fight with his wife or just let his wife run the home while he kicks back and does nothing. So as you can see, you need both parents. A girl that grows up with just her mother, she may learn how to be a woman, but she never learns about you know that type of confidence that's going to take you to the next level. Girls that grow up with a dad tend to be very confident. They are, they're, they're confident women in life. You know, I'm just gonna do this, do that, whatever, because they know that dad loves them. When girls grow up without a dad, they find themselves with strange men getting used and abused. And we've all had an apple out of that bag. So I'm not picking on anybody. The point I'm bringing up is you need both parents. You know, when a girl grows up without a father, she, you know, things happen to her. When a girl grows up without a mother, she can be somewhat of a tomboy, you know, which ain't really that bad. Sometimes girls grow out of it, but sometimes she can grow up too hard and never learns how to be a woman. So you see, God's image is male 
and female. God meant for both to glorify him, to be one. And that's why I love what Pastor Price said that, you know, he's not excluding the women in this. Women like the rib of Adam are important to the growth of the body. Guys, I brought this message up, up tonight to show us one thing, that the devil is real, that the devil is deceiving, and that, you know, that we need to forsake him to walk with Christ because he's not going to always look like the devil. He's going to look like your best friend. But what's his job? If I can just get their heads on this guillotine just a little bit longer, if I can stretch them out a little bit further, I can decapitate them and destroy them. And what will be left for me then? Hell. No, thank you. We've got to cling to the wisdom of God, be led by the Holy Spirit, follow the word of God, and be men and women in Christ, growing in his grace, that we can do one last push for the Lord. Because anything that is strange is not of God. That strange woman was not made by God. She's a mutation of those who were partakers in the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, which came from Satan. But if we're going to get back on track, we got to be born again, sanctified, indwelled, and endued with power from on high. So I just want to say with that, guys, I love you. I don't want to go too long tonight. Tomorrow night's teaching, we're going to be talking about the spirit of hypocrisy. You're going to see how this ties in, how this all goes together. Okay, that's going to be at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So hopefully you guys understand what this is about. I love you. This ain't personal. This is not about trying to bring strife. I'm not a disgruntled, angry black man. I've had my stake in the world. And I'm here to tell you guys, it's garbage. None of it mounts to a hill of beans. It's garbage. It cannot take you beyond this life. You use it for what you need to use it for, but your heart belongs to the Lord, okay? So I just wanna say with that, um, you know, for those out there, if you know you're not saved and nobody knows this more than you, you can give your life to Jesus Christ today while there is time. Repent of your sins, turn from your wicked ways. If you confess your sins, our God is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, but we've got to desire to be set free. Let us stop fooling around with the harlot. Stop sneaking in the whorehouse. Stop looking after things that don't profit and go after Jesus Christ with everything we have. Let him lead us through this world that we may accomplish his will and not our own. So get baptized, give your life to Jesus, believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved because he is, that he died for your sins and through his shed blood, you can be washed clean. He can take away those sins, break every bed. If you're a homosexual, he can make you right. If you've been involved in lesbianism, a pedophilia, if you've been a murderer, a gambler, a robber, a fornicator, whatever, Whatever, Jesus Christ through his precious and shed blood can wash you clean and make you as if you had never sinned. Return you to your dignity, to the state of a virgin that is presentable unto the Lord that he can use, okay? Only Jesus can give us this. 
not the world. The world uses and abuses you, but Jesus Christ makes you whole and brings you back to the state that you belong in, and that is made in his image and his likeness. So I just want to say with that, guys, I'm a minister, Derek Hallett of Sound the Trumpet Ministries, soundthetrumpetministries.com. If it's been a blessing, subscribe. If you think I'm crazy, don't subscribe, okay? You've got to come to the Lord as a free will offering and see this world for what it is if you're truly going to walk with Jesus Christ, all right? So let's close in prayer. Oh, wait, what am I doing? Here's some more life, guys. This is the Organic Gospel Book by Pastor Gary C. Price and Sister Maisha Hunter. This proves that the gospel is organic. You can't try to be a Christian. You've got to die out to self, become alive to Jesus Christ, be one with him in a relationship, and through intimacy with the Lord, he will, br he will bring forth those righteous fruit in us. This book is $13.95. You can get it at www.theorganicgospelnet.net. We're not selling this book for cash, okay? This is for the perfecting of the saints, so that we can get one last push, possibly with God's grace, get a base camp that we can operate from to do the will of the Lord, okay? We need a place of teaching, a place of nurturing, a place of growing, and a place to get offensive and go out and destroy the works of the devil. So guys, get this book, 127 pages, great read, okay? And our second book is by our own Coach P, our own brother, Jeremiah Poja, and this is And They Overcame, okay? It says this book is comprised of 11 personal handwritten testimonies of how real people entered into salvation and how Jesus Christ became a reality in their lives. Each account is different and distinct because every person on earth is faced with a different set of circumstances and living situations. Even though all these Christians are coming from different backgrounds, they all have one thing in common. Jesus Christ has begun to save their souls and deliver them from the shackles of sin and of the devil. This book is $7.99. This is the second edition. My personal testimony is in here with other brothers and sisters. Learn how to overcome. Let, let other people's lives be an example unto you of how to overcome the sins of this harlot that we've been struggling with. Okay? You can get this book at lulubooks.com for $7.99. It's a great read. My personal testimony and other brethren are in here as well. So guys, let's pray out. I didn't talk to you guys much tonight. Uh, you got that right. Good thing isn't always um, a God thing. Amen. It was theirs to give uh, what they were led to give, but the lie is what killed them. But you see, Brother Sal, I agree, but I also think it was their nature because when you look at it, it said that everybody laid down their possessions everything that they had. They laid them down. It's almost like they didn't care about keeping anything. Yeah, they could have been honest and, you know, whatever. But in the end, I think their very nature just was, you know, let me hold back. So he said, yeah, you could have just told the truth and given what you wanted to give. But in many ways, you don't fit in with this crowd. 
This crowd is selfless unto eternal life and loving the brethren and loving God. And this two, these two people were all about, yeah, well, let's keep a little bit back and tell them that we gave all. See, in the end, and I agree with you, Sal, but I'm saying in the end, their natures is what did them in. It's the nature. It's the selfishness. It's the antichrist spirit. That's what did them in. It's the life of the harlot and the harlot's nature. Hold back a little bit for me, you know? But anyway, let's pray, guys, and let's close out from there. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time of sharing. We thank you for the word of God that is able to save our souls. Right now, Lord, we just commit this time to just thank you, Lord, for being a father, for being a provider, for being a protector, Lord, for meeting every single need. For Lord, you have done so many things for us, even when we were sinful, even when we didn't do your will, and from time to time, even when we're disobedient. Your rain falls on the just and the unjust. So Lord, we just pray for more obedience. We pray to be more steadfast in your word. We pray, Lord, for more of your spirit to be poured upon us that we might do your righteous will. Lord, I just pray that you just reach the brothers and sisters where they're in need. Move away fear, move away doubt, move away unbelief. I thank you, Lord, for the strong brothers and sisters near and far. Lord, that are willing to go and to serve and to obey. So Lord, I just ask for more obedience. I ask for the homes that are in turmoil. I ask for those that may be married to strange women, the strange women that are in their lives and people are just fornicating and sinning. I pray that you separate your people from them, that they might be set free, that they may bear your image and not be defiled by the world. So I just pray, Lord, for singleness of mind, over your people, singleness of heart. And I just pray, Lord, that our hands be cleansed from corrupt and filthy works, that we no longer be double-minded and double-hearted, but that we will go after what you want and believe you every step of the way. I pray for a heavy anointing and a serious outpouring for everybody that's in attendance. I thank you for Pastor Price, Sister Barber, the whole Omega Ministries team, you know, Brother Baines and Brother uh, Sal and Brother uh, 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 Coach P and Brother Tillis. And I thank you for all the mighty men and women that contribute and, and that are in that organization, Lord, to do your will. And I thank you for all those who've been helpful for Sound the Trumpet Ministries. I thank you for all the brothers and sisters online that support us. I thank you for those that don't, Lord, but just their attendance, just their fellowship, Lord, just to be around real saints, Lord, is an awesome thing. So I just pray, Lord, that you watch over every home, that you watch over every heart, that you prepare ye the way of the Lord, that your people may not be confused. And Lord, I just ask, that we all come truly on one accord, that we truly all have the same mind and the same will, that we may do what you call us to. Baptize us in obedience, Lord. Let us die out to self and become alive to you, that our lives won't matter, but only the will of God. So we just pray and we ask that all these things be done for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And guys, I want to tell you to keep Sister Kamaya in prayer. She has a sister with cancer and a dad with cancer, you know, and, um, you know, everybody else that may be struggling or going through a situation, 
Let us hold each other up, guys, in prayer. So Sister Naima, Sister Latoya, Brother Seth, uh, Brother Sal, Brother Derek. Let's see, uh, Sister Latoya, uh, Sister Tatiana, Sister Tara. I think I said Sister Tara, Sister Sarah. Uh, let's see, Brother Stanford, Brother Derek G, Brother Derek L, Sister Tanisha. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brother Mark, Brother Frederick, Brother Cord, thank you for being on tonight. Uh, Sister Ayana, thank you for being on. Sister Caitlin, thank you for being on tonight. Brother Randy, my sister Dawn, thank you for being on. Um, let's see who else. Sister Roberta, thank you for being on tonight. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brother Stan, thank you for being on tonight. Another Stan, actually. Uh, okay, two Stans, all right. Just wanted to make sure. Coach P, thank you for being on tonight. And you guys know uh, for Monday nights when we do the hangout, I mean, Thursday nights when we do the hangouts, that uh, Coach P said that for those who win, the Bible trivia that he's um, going to give them a free copy of the And They Overcame book. So now we got something to win. <laughs> thank you, Coach P. Brother Ronnie, thank you for being on. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, I think that we might have gotten everybody. Guys, be in prayer for one another. You know, Sister Julia was on and Brother Joseph were on tonight also. Uh, said Brother Cord and Mark. Yeah, it looks like that's everybody, guys. But yeah, again, I love you all. Tomorrow night, we're going to be going at 5 p.m. We're going to be talking about the spirit of hypocrisy, things that the Lord has shown me and myself you know, in the world, things that we just need to be set free from so that we can obey God. Thank you all for your prayers concerning my um, my neck and all. And at least until tomorrow night, have a good night, guys. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.